Hey, this is Britt Vargas, and I am the High School Ministry Associate Director at Calvary Community Church here in Westlake Village, California. And this is our HSM podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out today. I hope this encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Hello, how are you guys? I feel like I'm on the like the Kelly Clarkson show. Well, welcome um, to HSM. We're so excited. Uh, today, if you haven't noticed, is a little bit different because we're opening up um, and actually like closing up our six-week series on it's okay to not be okay. Um, and let me tell you from personal like experience of the last six weeks, man, God has been pruning and cultivating my heart in such good and challenging ways. But we're going to continue on and just like put a nice little bow at the end um, by inviting some special guests that we have um, here in our midst. Um, And I'm really excited because we're going to talk about some hard things. Now, I I just want everyone to raise your hand. Who has enjoyed this series so far? Okay. Okay. Same. So really excited. So um, if I could have our guests come up, um, they're going to join us on this lovely couch. Um, I'm going to scoot this just a bit. But we're really excited to invite these people in because they are experts. They are so wise, so wisdom, love Jesus, um, and are dear friends of mine. So right here we have the lovely Debbie Dominguez. She is actually my therapist. So if we go welcome Debbie. Nice. All right. Um, Debbie, you grew up in this area, right? Where did you go to high school? I'm a Panther. I went to Newberry Park High School. Any Newberry Park people? A long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. And tell us, what do you do around mental health and all of that? So um, I've been been in practice for over 15 years in the area. And I work with a lot of the kids, actually, from all the different high schools, um, focusing a lot on mood mood disorders or things like anxiety, depression, um, and other things that go along with those mood disorders. And anyways, I love it. I'm so thankful for, for this work. It's awesome. Well, thanks so for being here. So you're a licensed here. therapist. Yes. Yes, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Beautiful. All right. And then our second guest we have is Pastor Steve Day. He is here on staff. With us at Calvary, Um, Steve, will you tell us, what do you do here at Calvary? I don't know. (laughs) No, I'm the care pastor at Calvary. So um, I oversee and I'm responsible for the care ministries here for the support groups and the recovery groups and the uh, spiritual care, uh, counseling, working with therapists like this wonderful lady, um, working with families who've lost loved ones for memorials, we haven't, you know, have you ever heard of the minister on call? How many of you heard of that? So if you call the church and you have a problem, somebody is going to talk to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So that's what we do. There's other things we do, divorce care, marriage prep, stuff like that. That's awesome. So um, they're amazing resources. Actually, Debbie, your office is like a hop, skip, and a jump from here. And then, Steve, you're up in our offices as well. So if you have any questions or you want to talk to them, they'll be here after service. Ask them the questions. I know that they just have so much wisdom um, to us. 
uh, as we continue to learn and grow in mental health. And so um, we, what we've done in the last six weeks is through small group, through the prayer wall, uh, through DMs on our social media, is we've been collecting questions that you guys have had and brought us to. And so there was a ton of questions, and Aaron and I were so excited. We only have a limited amount of time, um, but we have a few that we've narrowed down to kind of like the topical questions that we have. And so what we're going to do is just ask you guys to share your wisdom on these questions. Um, and then if we have time, um, we will open it up to see if anyone has any other questions. I feel like I have my back to y'all, so, so sorry. Um, but so the first question we have is, what does the Bible say about mental health? And why do you think we have a hard time or don't talk about it in church spaces very often? You're looking at me. Do you want to start with this? So, yeah. So the Bible, it, if, you, if you looked in the Bible and you were looking for the term mental health, you're not going to find it. But there are hundreds upon hundreds of scriptures of promise to help us through our difficult times. And, and here's why, to begin with. God, first of all, God loves you. I mean, think about this. If, if you read Psalm 139, you'd know that God knew you when you were still in the womb of your mother and that every single part of your life, he's been pursuing you. And he says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. That's all in one chapter of the Bible. And there's so many other scriptures that show how much he loves you and how he wants to give you strength and perseverance if you're feeling anxious or you're depressed. There's a whole host of things. Mm. I could go on and on, but I don't I could too. I think that's one of my favorite verses is that, um, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, and that God's works are wonderful. Mm. They're wonderful. And so that means he, he, he has a purpose and a plan, which is, yeah, he loves you guys very much. So That's why I love this title, It's Okay to Be Not Okay, right? Because everybody has issues. Yeah. Everybody in this room has some issues, and God knows it, and God wants to help you through it. He doesn't want you to get locked up in one spot, but he wants you to know that he loves you and he walks with you. I think Heron said something like, uh, um, it's, it, even when you feel bad, it's good to know that God is still with you and he never leaves your side. That's good. That's good. And I love it because we continue to seek out him in his face through the word and that we have his promises that we can continue to grasp onto when we have trials. Because a lot of the times we've been talking through this series and it's been like, no, it's not if, but it's a when we have trials that he's a constant in that and somebody we can trust. I think, too, really quick, that little square piece of paper that Britt put out that has the QR code on it, I don't know if you've used that to be able to pray through Scripture, but think about this. Remember this phrase, um, God speaks to your spirit through his word. So when you're in his word, he's speaking to you. So, So if people say, well, I'm not in the word, my question is, who's speaking to your spirit? So the more you read God's Scriptures about anxiety, you know, about depression, about being worried, about fear, uh, about self-image, the stronger you'll get in believing in yourself because God already believes in you. Mm, That's good. Um, So both of you have spent many years in seeing people, talking with people. 
but really in the space of teenagers, what is what do you see is like the most common things that they struggle with when it comes to like mental health? So uh, what I see mostly is uh, struggling with anxiety, either social anxiety, um, academic uh, stress, family discord, um, things of that nature where, you know, this is a stressful time in life yeah. for kids. I mean, I, I would say from the age of 14 to about 24 is probably going to be the busiest time of your life. Mm. And then things, depending on what path you take, can tend to start to slow down and become a little more consistent. So it's so definitely I see a lot of um, just ma managing anxiety. Yeah, and I think that's so good, at least for my own heart, to know that like I'm not alone in this, and I'm not a teenager, but knowing that I'm not alone in all the things that you've named, I've had to like work through as well. So that's really cool. What about you, Steve? You know, I, I sat down and wrote some down because we do spiritual care, so I wouldn't say I do counseling because I'm not a licensed therapist, but we help people. So I wrote down a whole bunch of things that have come out of teens coming into the care center. And so here's some of the things that, that we hear about and help people with. You know, suffering from negative body image, uh, stress and difficulty prioritizing and managing time. Parents never understand why we don't get our studies done in time. I don't understand that. Uh, enormous amount of pressure from peers, parents, society to conform to people's expectations. How many of you feel that way? Amen. You know what? We do too as adults. Can I just tell you that? Um, lack of good mentors, role models, heroes, uh, pressures and temptations that begin with unhealthy patterns, you know, like with drugs or, or alcohol, exposed to on-screen violence and unhealthy social media, uh, bullying offline and online, and then the one we see a lot, uh, pressured uh, and tempted to participate in risky sexual activity and behavior. So that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's so important that we have moments like this where we, we as a church come and, and open up the space to talk about it, knowing that we don't want to be a, a place where we're just like a holy huddle where people who are really good at seeming like Christians come to worship, but we're actually somewhere where we're like, no, we are in need of a Savior. Um, and so like we're doing tonight, um, how can we continue to bring up like having healthy conversations about mental health, um, whether it's with our family or our friends? Because I know that there's been a lot of conversations about maybe my parents don't believe, or maybe um, my friend is confiding in me in these hard topics. So how do we have like healthy conversations around this? I think it's just, I think it's important to build your support system, have people around you that are like-minded, friends, whether they come to church or um, at school. And if your family, if your family is not uh, in support of that, at least you have other places you can go. Mm -hmm. Your church leaders and teachers, coaches, other people that you can um, reach out to that are that will support you. Mm. Good. I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting subject. Who do you trust? Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not living in your teenage body. It's been a long time since I've done that. Um, but I know we've always told our kids, if something's breaking you down, find that person that you trust. 
And sometimes if your parents aren't listening to you, sit down when it's quiet, the television's not going or whatever's going on and say, look, I feel like you're not hearing me. I need you to hear me. And uh, because I know you love me, I love you. Maybe you don't like them in the moment, but you know, you love them. I need your help. I need you to listen to me. Mm. So it's being honest. Um, so find someone you trust and you should be able to trust your parents. And then the other thing I'd say is you've got great youth pastors here. Britt, Aaron, I mean, JD, there's people that I don't know. Um, don't hold it inside, man. Go talk to them about it. They, they want to hear and they want to help if they can. And what would you say if you were a, a, a somebody and a friend came to you and said, hey, I'm struggling with depression. Hey, I'm struggling with anxiety. What would your reaction or what could you say in those moments? I think, I think the most important thing in, in those moments is to listen, mm -hmm. like just to be present with, the, with that person. And um, it, it doesn't, you don't have to have answers necessarily, but just to listen and support them. Um, encourage them to if, if it's a if it's a deeper issue if they're um, struggling with either self-harm or um, thoughts of uh, hurting themselves to to encourage them to maybe tell their parents or to talk to someone an adult that they trust um, in order to to get the help that they would need in that situation mm, yeah yeah that's good Ditto. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah, but if you think they're going to hurt themselves, then you need to tell somebody, somebody who's an adult, so that they don't hurt themselves. We're in this crazy world right now, man. It's a different world, isn't it? And sometimes our head gets mixed up, and we feel like we want to get in control of the world. And sometimes we do things that aren't good to take control, whether it's self-medicating with drugs or alcohol or cutting or not eating or um, sometimes we just need to speak up and speak out to someone we trust. And that person, if someone's sharing that stuff with you and you think they're gonna hurt themselves, then it's time to tell you know, their parents or a youth leader or something because we don't want them to hurt themselves. Even if your friend is upset with you for doing that, they, they will be thankful later mm -hmm. they just don't know it in the moment no that's really good i think it's so important especially for our community where um suicide has just hit our hearts really deeply and so closely i think it's so important that we do have these conversations we do have this open communication whether it's you know you guys have a small group if you're part of a small group or um you know there is never a leader here that doesn't want to talk with you doesn't want to grab coffee like we are open for your conversations and we want to hear that like the prayer wall is such a blessing for us to be able to really hear like what god is doing in your life and um if you haven't noticed already we kind of changed our prayer cards um to have a little space at the bottom like if you want to be contacted you put your number and your name and 
you know, it is a pleasure. It is not a bother for us to uh, step out with you, have a conversation, a phone call, whatever that looks like. Um, but know that that is so important to have those conversations, even if they are hard. Um, so continuing on in our series, we've been talking about big emotions, um, whether it's depression or thoughts of, that are anxious or whatever that looks like. Um, what coping strategies, like if a student is going through this, what maybe strategies, I know that you've shared a lot with me that I've been able to pull out of my back pocket when we're faced with these big emotions like anxiety, depression, or suicidal thoughts, what could we do? I think talk, 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 talk. Did I say talk? <laughs> talk. Call somebody up. Get that friend that you trust. Talk about it. Sometimes we need to take those feelings that we have or that anxious moment that paralyzes us and we just need to step back from it, call it what it is, or call it out like we did in that song. You know what I mean? Call it out. That's not from God. It's breaking me down, but it's not going to win. And then get somebody that you trust and say, man, here's how I'm feeling. Will you pray for me? Will you listen to me? Will you help me? I mean, so the first coping mechanism is talk. Not the first, but it's one of them. Um, there are a lot of things that we can do to like calm our, our anxiety center. Um, we can, there are certain things like grounding techniques. Um, there's, there's, there are different types. Um, one of, two quick things you could do if you're feeling really anxious and you can catch it really quickly is to put an ice pack on your face because when you put an ice pack on your face, everything that was upsetting you in your in your um, amygdala, is where the, we store our, our stress, is going to go toward wanting to warm up your face. So it's gonna forget that you're feeling really anxious in that moment. So um, that will help and, and at least give it a try. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, does, it does work. So um, also any kind of explosive exercise like jumping jacks or push-ups or a sprint, um, something you do physically is going to also take all the energy that you need, your body needs, is going to take it and use it toward those explosive um, exercises. And it, uh, anxiety is, um, I say anxiety is a gift in some ways because we need to have it. It keeps us safe. If we're in danger, that's the, that's the purpose of anxiety. Um, God does give it to us to help us um, protect ourselves. And it also um, helps with tests. Some people can, you know, you can have just enough anxiety to, to perform really well. And then once you, there's like a line you can cross where now, now it's not helpful. So um, if we know that anxiety serves a purpose, it's not as... Um, like a scary, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so the key is just knowing yourself and knowing when you know it's kind of getting out of hand or like it's reaching that level. So it takes a little bit of self-observation to be able to say, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, my heart's beating fast. I'm feeling, uh, my throat is like getting tight. I think I better go get an ice pack, go throw some cold water on my face, go for a run. And, and really, maybe the first question is, am I safe right now? Because if I'm safe, like if I'm physically safe, 
then I'm, I'm afraid there's something else happening that's causing my fear. So, um, but, but if I'm physically safe, I can sprint or do some kind of explosive movement. Yeah. Journaling's a good thing to do if you're feeling sad or depressed. Um, sometimes turn on music and dance for like 10 minutes. Literally, it will help to just dance for 10 minutes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so there's certain things we can do that will help us um, in real time. There's one strategy that you have given me with kind of the one to 10 scale of stress. I, I Could you walk us through that? No, let yes. me tell you, there's not a week that goes by that I don't think about that. Yes, yes, if you can rate, I always think like our strong emotions, like anger, anxiety, if we can rate those on a scale of one to 10, I always say, and if everything's a 10, then we kind of need to start having a little bit of perspective maybe on the things that are bothering us, right? But typically, you know, if something, I always say if it's a six or below, I can let it, I'll just let it roll off my back, let it roll, just like, you know, take some deep breaths. Let it flow. Let it flow. <laughs> if it's a six or above, then I need to do something about it. I need to talk to somebody, I need to put the ice pack on my face, I need to, you know, have some way of expressing that feeling. Yeah, and I just love those, like, simple strategies to help. Like, this morning we were talking about capturing our thoughts and having authority and not being um, bought into this lie of being a victim to our thoughts, but knowing that this is a moment where we examine them against the Word of God and really, you know, look at, okay, what am I feeling? What is my reaction going to be? Is it going to be something I'm going to continue down, or is it going to be something I replace and reject? So. Well, because the truth is the thing that sets us free, right? So if we are lying to ourselves about something, then that's not freedom. Mm. So that's where that observation comes in of being able to, like, I always think about, like, if we could be in an air balloon, like, over the problem, well, then we might see it differently. It's hard when we're in it. It's really tough. So they say it's hard to see the forest from the trees. I don't know if you guys have heard that before. You know, but when you're in the forest, you, all you see are the trees, but if you're, I mean, the, you know, you see that, but if you rise above it and look down, you get to see a different perspective on something. Mm. So um, you want to make sure you're telling yourself the truth because we all have that inner critic or that inner bully that wants to tell us that we're not doing something right or we never do anything right or that kind of, or here I go again or mm. that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, and we can change those thoughts. Really important. I, I like what you said about the inner voices. We all have those voices that say, I'm not good enough, or I'm not going to do great at that, or she's prettier than I am, or he's more handsome, or whatever. And um, I think sometimes we need to do our own s spiritual care. You know what I mean? The q QR code is great. Like, pick a scripture that, like, for instance, I brought, like, three different piles of scripture sheets that have to do with hope. I forget what the other ones Fear are. and Fear worry. Fear and worry. I mean, pick a scripture and pray through it at the time. Remember, God speaks to your spirit through his word. So, so like a Psalm 46.1, God is my refuge and my strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. God, thank you for being my refuge. Uh, Lord, I, help me come into your presence and rest. Thank you for promising to be there in my time of need. Give me the strength right now to get through this. Mm. Amen. 
So pray through those scriptures that will give you strength, too. That will strengthen you because God's word promises to do that. Mm. It's a good discipline. Yeah, and it's beautiful the fact that we're not the first people to deal with big emotions and that we do have the Bible to pray through scripture um, when we don't have those words. Um, so we live in a world that glamorizes busyness. Like I never, I have to catch myself sometimes when I have conversations with people. I'm like, how are you? And they're like busy. And my sometimes instinct is to be like, oh, like, let me share a story that shows that I'm even busier because it's like this moment where we dictate our worth by our busyness. And so because of that, we're dealing with a lot of burnout. And so how can we deal with burnout and like stop the process before it just gets out of control? And as teenagers, you guys are going through burnout, you know, and us being years out of high school, it's just, it's crazy to hear that burnout is such a big thing right now. Yeah, I think the definition changes every year, too. I, I've always said burnout and stress is overrated, you know, <laughs> but it's not. Um, I think we have to, I think we have to take control of our own lives. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you work all the time, that's all you're going to do. That's no fun. Um, if you work all the time and you're out of shape and you can't sleep, that's no fun. I, I think we take control of our schedule. And my schedule's different than yours. You're in school battling through to get the grades to get out, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you, so you know how many hours you've got to be in class. You know how many hours you have to study. Um, you know how many hours you have to do whatever you have to do. I can tell you in my life, I have, there has to be room to go work out. There's got to be room to still, after 40 years, date my wife. There's got to be room to um, be in God's word because it helps me be a better man than when I'm not in it. Uh, there, there's got to be room to just simply veg and rest so look at your life. If you have some sort of good, healthy pattern to your life, then you won't get burned out because you'll be feeding yourself spiritually, physically, and you'll be accomplishing things. But it's a challenge. It'll be the challenge. I don't care if you're 18 or 88. It's going to be a challenge. Um, so I, don't, I know there's the seniors in here, I'm sure, are going through senioritis yeah. around that three time. more Sundays with us till they're off to young adults. Yeah. Okay. So I hear this a lot in my practice is it's the second semester blues. I mean, um, a lot of students, by the time they're in their second, they, they come out blazing in the first semester. And then after Christmas, they're just like, ugh. I just, I, Anyone I else relate? <laughs> and so it's tough the, like the next semester. Um, and so I think that sometimes, I, I, I agree with you, I think it's about um, self-care and, and knowing, okay, so I might have to say no to some things, you know, to, yeah, learning how to say no to something so that I can get enough sleep or no so that I can make sure I eat my dinner tonight or whatever it is. But I always say the triple threat to mental health is um, sleep, nutrition, and exercise. If people slept the, as much as they needed to, and they ate healthy, and when they needed to, and they got some exercise in, I think a lot of the a lot of the things that are that we suffer from would be less. Mm -hmm. Maybe not completely gone, but they'd at least decrease. You know, 
So, um, so those are those are really important things. To, I sound like a mother, but I'm just trying to help. <laughs> you just, you know what I? Yeah. Well, I am. I guess. Yes, I am. <laughs> But, uh, but it does help if you do those three things. Yeah, and you mentioned sleep. There was a lot of questions we got around sleep. How is that important? Should oh. what, what do you say about that? Sleep is super important to anxiety. So if you have anxiety, it's, it's like a double-edged sword because if you're really anxious, typically when we're anxious, we have difficulty falling asleep. Um, and if we wake up in the middle of the night, we have a hard time going back to sleep. So that that is, I get that that's also a real uh, issue, but if you don't get more than five or six hours of sleep a night, then you can get caught in that anxiety kind of cycle mm. because lack of sleep perpetuates anxiety. So, um, so they, it's good to have a sleep routine and um, good sleep hygiene. You know, go to bed at the same time every night, wake up at the same time every morning. Um, if they say if you have an awakening that's more than 10 minutes at a time, to actually get out of bed, sit in a chair, um, and read a book or do something calming. But it, if we stay in bed and we fight with our mind, and I've, I've done that, so I do understand. I mean, it happens, I think, to all of us, where you, then our brain will associate sleep, uh, the bed, as like a negative thing. Mm. So you want to get out of bed. If you're laying awake for longer than like 10 minutes, sit in a chair in your room or go someplace quiet until you feel tired again, until you feel like, oh, if I go back to bed, I'll fall asleep and then just fall asleep. So you kind of train your brain um, around sleep. Yeah, it's that's important. really good. I know that when you gave me that tip, you're like, pick a TV show that's dark <laughs> in color and go like get out of your room. Um, and so for me, that was Harry Potter. <laughs> but um, it's this moment where we begin to like train our brain to have a positive thought, which is so weird with our with our room and with our, but it was really hard because in COVID we were like doing everything in our room. And so trying to undo all of that. COVID was so hard for our kids because they did their schoolwork in their room. Yeah. They slept in their room. They FaceTimed in their room. Everything was in their room. So I had a few kids that, like, redecorated their room, rearranged their room, decided to do their homework at the kitchen table instead of in their room. So you can have some separation because our room is supposed to be, like, our peaceful mm. space, you know, where we can rest. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times during the series, we've talked about emotions and anxiety and depression um, as it being a part of us, but not our identity and not who we are, because we have to remember that we're whose we are instead. Um, and so there are moments where we are so quick to use these words like, I have anxiety, I have depression. And there are moments where that is appropriate, but then there's moments where it's like, no, I need to decipher whether it's a moment of sadness or if I'm suffering from depression. Um, so how could we make those differentiations between like having sadness and being in a depressive state? Yeah, we tell people a lot, just step back again, take some time. Because sadness is uh, more temporary than depression. Depression's more chronic. In other words, it hangs on and hangs on. And even get a piece of paper out. And I'm sure Debbie has some ways to do this too. You get a piece of paper out and write down your feelings. I mean, write down what they are and try to differentiate between what's just making you sad and how can you work through that and step out of it and what is more chronic 
and maybe you need to ask for some help when it comes to that. Sadness, I mean, I wrote down a, the difference, I mean, uh, but you go ahead, you go ahead. Well, sadness is an emotion that all of us feel. We've all felt sad at, at one time or another. And sadness, like Steve said, is one of those things that is, is, is temporary in the sense that if, if I'm feeling sad and someone invites me to Magic Mountain and I go on a roller coaster, I'm gonna laugh and smile, I'm gonna have a good time. So even though I might feel sad, I can be interrupted in that sadness and, and feel good. Um, depression is something where it's kind of like every day and you feel it's, it's, it's interfering in your daily life, You're getting to school on time or getting to school at all. Um, other things like that, go, get, going to work if you have a job. So, so depression is just one of those things that's a little bit more, uh, I don't wanna say permanent, because it's, and my grandma used to say, this too shall pass, mm -hmm. right? We have to have hope, and the idea that if we have an extra dose of anxiety or an extra dose of depression, <laughs> that we can work through that with help, and it's, it's, it's not meant to last forever, even though I know there's, there, it is a medical thing, so there are certain exceptions to that when it comes to depression or anxiety, if it's a family and passed down, that kind of thing. But even then, there's still hope and help for managing those strong feelings. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of times in our lives uh, when we get just emotionally exhausted you know, like you're working your job, you're, you're going to school, you're trying to keep up with stuff at home, you've got a relationship, and uh, you, just, you just feel like, I just can't win, I just can't win, I just can't win. And then we're, you know, physically exhausted, we're, we're mentally exhausted, and uh, sometimes we have to step back and create some boundaries in our lives so that we've got some space to breathe, um, some space to have, do something that's fun, uh, some space to not take ourselves and others so seriously. Um, and then just to remember, because we think about mental stuff all the time. Matter of fact, I don't know how many years ago it was, but we used to just say we had emotional issues. Now we call them mental health issues. And most people go, oh, gosh, I don't want to be mental, you know. Um, we have emotions. We feel deeply, right? And so, again, if, if we are sad and you feel freedom to do it, pick somebody to talk to about it. Share your sadness with them. Ask them to pray for you. Take those scriptures out of the bucket up there and pray through those scriptures and say, God, I, I need your help through this. And uh, he wants to be involved in this too, right? I love how in this series we've been really equipping ourselves with coping strategies, with tools, but sometimes the first thing that's really hard is to ask for help. So how do we ask for help? We know that we've been struggling um, and we need to have a talk. Like we know, okay, Pastor Steve said to talk and talk and talk and talk some more. How, what are some steps, maybe strategies in making it easier to have that first conversation? I think it's important to understand that I think God made us all to want to belong. We all want to belong. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I tell my clients, sometimes I'll say, go on the freeway and drive home. Look in the car next to you. Look at the people at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to belong. 
and we belong to him and we also belong to each other we belong to our families we belong to a school there's a lot of ways we belong with our friends there's a lot of ways we can find belonging I think taking a chance, which is scary sometimes, to take a risk and, and become a little vulnerable to someone you know is safe is important. Like Steve said earlier, find someone who's safe. Um, it could be a teacher, your church leader, again, you know, another friend, um, to talk about whatever you're struggling with. And, um, and you might find out they're, they're having the same they're having the same struggle. And so I think it is just taking that chance initially. Mm-hmm. But I do hope you'll all look around and when you're, when you're out and about this week and just remember that because it, it's just important, I think. Then we're more, we can sh- we're more loving, I think, toward each other and others. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, God made us for relationship. And you know what's cool about it? It's, it's like one person can't do relationship, right? What do you do, have a relationship with yourself? But two people can. But it takes two. And it is hard. Hey, it's hard for me. But when I have something that's just killing my heart, like you think, well, gosh, he's a pastor on staff. He's got all these people and stuff. It's hard for me. And I have, I have honestly one guy on this staff that I feel I can go in his office and just let it rip. Uh, man, this is killing me. Check me out on this. Um, it is hard because we don't, we, sometimes we don't want people to think, well, they're going to think I'm weird because I have this issue. Well, they have an issue too. Just ask them what it is. Maybe they'll tell you. You know what I mean? So they're flesh and blood just like you. And God made them for relationship, too. And he made us for community. So I always tell people, if... if Hi. <laughs> and you didn't says, tell me that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people, hey, if you say you're a Christian and you are a Christian and you go to this church, so, like, and you go to this youth group, and this is your community, right? So don't just pretend. If you're hurting, pick somebody you trust and tell them. Because God wants to use them to help you, I promise. We didn't get to really uh, touch on this topic a lot, but it was asked um, about addiction and how can addiction play in with our mental health? And how can it hurt it and all of that, <laughs> Steve? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, one of the things we do in care ministries, we have recovery groups. And, uh, you know, I know that um, being addicted to something messes up your brain and messes up your life. It just does. We work with hundreds of adults that have lost their marriages, lost their businesses, lost their homes lost their families because somebody when they're younger didn't tell them what this was going to do to the chemicals in their brain and now they can't stop doing it um, and you know we when we're traumatized by something we pick something to do that's going to ease the pain right 
that that's going to numb it so we don't have to deal with it. And all that does is mess us up for the future. Um, so I want to turn this over to you because you have all the technical jargon that you can teach them about this stuff. But I'm telling you right now, if you're struggling with any kind of addiction, and we have so many today, I mean, substance, you know, uh, drugs and alcohol and sexual addictions, pornography, betrayals, eating, gambling. I'm sure fishing's in there too. I don't know. But, but I, if you're struggling with something, you come talk to somebody that you trust and we'll help you. I'm serious. Because you need to put it to bed now so it doesn't mess the rest of your life up. Ditto. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like a it's, a, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. So when people suffer from trauma or they have um, a lot of, they, they, they don't have tools or ways of dealing with their, their strong feelings or difficult emotions, then like Steve said, they'll go to numb it out with a substance. Um, and so that will definitely create more depression and more anxiety. I mean, believe it or not, it doesn't, it really ends up becoming like a very slippery slope. So I, there's so much help out there. You know, I've known a lot of people that have um, fallen into that trap of addiction and and have been able to get out of it and, and eventually and live good lives. But the damage that's um, caused, I always say prevention is best if possible, which is to get help, seek help, find ways of handling or dealing with your, your strong emotions. Because believe it or not, you know, we're stronger, you know, you're stronger than you probably give yourself credit for. And, and as we said before, God is, he's here to build us up as well and give us comfort and strength mm -hmm. through difficult times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that both of you guys are here because you kind of represent both of these camps. But what is the difference between a licensed like counselor and a pastor who works with our care ministry? Well, she's a lot smarter than me. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> so the difference is um, I'm not a counselor. I do spiritual care. And uh, so we, uh, we have people come in. We do the same kind of things that, that Debbie does with intakes. And so we understand people's problems. And, and, and we give a short amount of time to help people get on top of those things with spiritual care with uh, uh, scriptural references for what they're going through, teach them how to pray through scripture when it has to do with something they're going through. And we walk with them. And we have, uh, they're not lay counselors because they're not counselors either, but we have people that go to the church that have that, you know, gift of mercy and love and, and faith. And we train them to walk with people. Like somebody comes in and they're going uh, through cancer and so we have somebody who's a care partner, that's what we call them, that has gone through cancer. So they go walk with them to be their friend, to help them with scripture and to help them get through their time. Um, so that's what we do. But if somebody comes in and they've got serious issues that need a professional, and I love saying that because she is a professional 
And she's, she's on our, uh, we have a list of therapists that we trust that are Christians, and she's been on it for years. And we've worked uh, a lot of things together. She can, she's going to tell you why she's licensed and what that looks like. But when we have things that are bigger than we are, uh, we walk with people, but we help them find people like Debbie to give them their help. I think that the maybe a difference is that I have more time maybe than, you, you know what I mean? As far as like, not time, but like hours and weeks and where people can come and Oh, you mean they strictly do that with you? Yeah, do you think that that's a difference possibly? Well, the big difference is that you're trained. Right, right. I went to, yes, I know. <laughs> I do lots of hours and a lot of, and so yes. And I think the difference is my focus is in psychology, right? And, but the, one of the nice things about that and one of the questions I thought too was around like if, if there's, how do psychology and the Bible work together? But mm -hmm. I'm always amazed at how um, psychology supports the Bible. Obviously, the Bible is the word of God, and that's our source of, of direction and, and everything else. But even, I will say that lack of forgiveness in life affects non-Christians just the same way as it affects Christians and creates anger and bitterness. And so many other things that God talks about, it, they, it affects everybody the same. So in psychology, what I think is pretty wonderful is that I am able to um, help people with those, those specific maybe tools of being able to, to, and then hold them accountable next week and say, hey, did you write down three things that you're grateful for this week? you know, every night before bed and, and then let's go through it. Or did you write down what thoughts, what your bully was telling you this week in your head? Let's talk through that. Um, so those are the things that I, I do maybe that I'm not sure if you, if that's some of that we do, but, but psychologists also, each one of them may specialize in a different area too, you know, like working with children or some, um, a, you know, um, addictions or help me with this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, marriage, like OCD, yeah, and right. other things that come up, right? That are more specific, maybe. Yeah, specialized. Yeah. So they. There's another difference, and and that is, I think, uh, our referral book at Calvary that has counselors, psychologists, licensed psychologists. They're all Christians, and they're all interviewed by the care staff here. They don't even make the book until we say yes, because we don't just want to turn somebody over to somebody that doesn't believe in Jesus or doesn't believe in the power of God's word or, or isn't going to see you as a child of God. Mm -hmm. And so there are secular psychologists. Uh, we don't use them. Uh, we just uh, use the licensed therapists that are believers that make the grade, I guess you could say. <laughs> That's awesome. And continuing kind of on that vein, uh, what supports, d tools do these students have, whether it's here at Calvary or it's outside of Calvary? I know that you had a list as well, Debbie, of things. Yes, I had um, just wanted to make available at least the um, suicide hotline, national suicide hotline. There's, They even take texts these days, which is pretty amazing that wow. they do. Yeah. 
There's also there's a National Eating Disorder Association for people that are struggling with that. I wanted to make those numbers available for people to be able to to have access yeah. to because at worst case, let's say you can't find anybody, which I think in this room I would imagine there's there's someone available. But if you might maybe you have a friend who's struggling and you don't know if when they leave you and go home you know, um, if they have anybody to, to talk to, but maybe just keeping those numbers in your phone or something is, is, is helpful, yeah. just in case you need to call. Yeah. So, and yeah. also, um, we will be creating what we're calling a splash uh, page. So if you go onto our website, there's going to be a link with all of these resources, including the ones that Debbie uh, brought tonight with the hotlines and all of that, because those are so important. And for me, I what I do is I just put it in my contact and just to have it um, in case I need it, in case a friend needs it, in case one of you need it. Um, but it's great to be able to have those contacts just at hand but here at Calvary we do have things available for yeah, students yeah. And, and your best resource is your your pastors on your staff who love you and the youth workers I mean if you're hurting go to them it's like I told you about the guy that's on staff here for me when I'm hurting um, I go talk to him because I trust him. So that's your best resource is the people within your own ministry. There's also, uh, you can call Calvary 24-7, and you'll listen to the spiel on the church, and then it says if you have an emergency, uh, leave uh, a message for the minister on call. So there's a minister on call at Calvary 24 hours a day. So if you're freaked out and you need to talk to somebody or you're just brokenhearted and you need somebody to pray with you, all you have to do is call that line. They don't ask you your name. You don't have to tell them your name. Now, people call all the time and say, this is what's happening in my life. Would you pray for me? And I mean in the middle of the night, all the time. So it's there. There's also some support groups for the for sexual addiction or the, the battle against pornography. And we have a ton of those at this church. And uh, in conjunction with a couple of other churches in our area, we're starting them for high school students, men, young men, and college students, because it's the high school and college students that are crying out, I need help with this. Um, so if you have any questions about that, call me or come see me. Uh, literally, you can call me anytime you want or come see me anytime you want in the care center. Uh, that's what we're here for. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us and um, just talking us through all these questions. I hope that they um, really helped you just learn a little bit more, give you more tools. Um, but before we close, and if you have any other questions for them, feel free. They're going to be here after service. Come ask them questions. Come meet them. Come say hi. Um, I know that they'll really appreciate it. But do you have any final thoughts, something we didn't say, something encouraging, uh, before we end. Yeah, I just want to remind you, God loves you so much. Mm, amen. <laughs> he does. Amen. And uh, don't ever forget that. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world around you, but um, that's the greatest encouragement my wife, in my wife, in my life, that no matter what happens, God loves me. So God loves you. Good don't questions. forget.
Yes, and I heard a long time, well, I, when I was in okay. high school, I remember someone told me that um, the Word of God is his love letter to us. So we can pick it up anytime and feel and 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 know he he loves us, and we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and yeah. his works are wonderful. Yeah. So um, you know God doesn't make mistakes. So we're all unique and different. Well, and that was another yeah. So yeah, yeah. don't so we can't compare. Yeah. We <laughs> have, no. <laughs> right. It's, so anyway, that's that's, that's it. awesome. So yeah. I just got word. We have time for three questions. Yes. Three. Okay, so we have some two questions. Okay, Pastor Aaron said two. Does anyone have a question brave enough to ask? Anyone? Do, 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 do. Great. Oh, come on. <laughs> no questions? You have a question? There's a voice. My favorite workout to do <laughs> for cardio or, yeah. So there's, there's no real favorite workout because they all hurt and you have to push yourself to finish. But uh, so not, not in strength training, uh, but in cardio, I love to do the hills with a full pack. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Love it. Thanks for asking that, buddy. <laughs> Ryan Anderson, everyone. <laughs> Any, any other one? No? Okay, well, if you have a one back there. Okay, I cannot see all the way back there, but. Oh, is it Ange? Oh, oh Ange, oh, I right thought here. you were no, going to no. ask something. <laughs> uh, if both of you could go back to, like, high school and tell yourself, give yourself one piece of advice looking back, what would you Ooh. tell yourself looking back? Great question. I would want to trust God more. Mm. I, I, need, I needed to trust him more in high school, I think, and to know that he had it all in his hands. I think I worried about a lot of things that, um, that, I, didn't, that I didn't need to worry about and that he ended up taking care of. And at this age, it's easier to do, but mm. I know what it felt like. I remember what it felt like in high school. So. Well, it's easy for me. Do not drink alcohol. Easy, total easy. Because it almost messed my life up. Mm. But thanks be to God. So, yeah. Amen. Don't drink. Amen. Well, could we give it up for our two guests? We're so excited to Thank have you them here. So I am uh, going to pray us out, and then we're going to head into our last set of worship. And one thing I just want to encourage you, um, we've been talking through this series about mental health, about challenging things. But my hope is that here at HSM, it, it just is the beginning of our conversations. Just because we're going to move on to something else next week, or actually two weeks. But know that we want to continue having these conversations, whether it's with myself or Aaron or JD or your small group leader knowing that the conversation just doesn't stop here. Like we want to be the type of people that it's a part of our groundwater that we continue to, to look at Jesus and, and really examine the thoughts that process through our mind on a daily basis. Um, one of the things that I... <laughs> 
Sorry. Well, one of the things that I always say is that worship music is like a mini message. Like it's a mini message that you're going to remember, that you're going to um, really sing along with. And so as we sing these next three songs, would you consider what you're actually singing? Would you consider the God that we serve, um, who is loving, who is faithful, who cares about your thought life in those ways? And just get to worship him. Because I, I love this quote I shared this morning where it was like, if we put God in his rightful place, a thousand problems will be solved all at once. So would you stand with me? And we're going to pray together before we head into worship. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you that you're a God who saves, that you're a God who cares. Lord, I pray over every single heart that is wanting to reach out to you. Lord, I pray over every single thought that these students are going to have within this next week. Lord, would you meet them in a powerful way? Lord, we just ask that the Holy Spirit begin to move within their bones. Lord, would they understand the authority they have and they possess to captivate those thoughts, Lord, to say no to their anxiety, to step out of oppression with courage and boldness because they serve a God who has that authority and power. Lord, would we know that we are people who are broken and messy and in need of a savior, but you are God who so graciously stoops down in kindness to offer us a way out. Lord, we trust you. Lord, we praise you and we thank you. Lord, we pray this in your most precious name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this, don't forget to subscribe and also check out past episodes. For more content from Calvary HSM or to connect with us, visit us on Instagram at CalvaryHSM805. Go live and love like Jesus.